With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm here on the telephone, and uh, this is a lineup media production. We have uh, our good friend, Dr. Jack Caravelli, joining us today. He has got a lot of books out there. He's got a new book we're going to be talking with with, with the good doctor on. But um, for the folks uh, that that are unfamiliar with your work, doctor, kind of give us a brief background on on what you do and what you have done uh, as as far as uh, your work with the United States government and everything else. Well, James, happy to do it. Um, began my career in federal service uh, with the CIA back in the early 1980s, and as you and I have talked so often, it's a, it's a world that that was focused on sort of the you know the red menace, the Soviet Union. Uh, that's a world that's gone away for the most part. Although Mr. Putin seems to have his own ideas about that today. <laughs> uh, after I left the um, uh, the CIA over in Langley, Virginia, uh, I spent four years on the National Security Council staff of the, of the White House, working as a career officer for President Bill Clinton. Uh, I was responsible for the, uh, the, the nuclear security and nonproliferation policies of our government related to the, the Middle East and, um, uh, and Russia. Uh, I spent a great deal of time, again, as you and I have chatted, uh, looking at the Iran nuclear program uh, and, uh, and, and what they were doing. Uh, that was a uh, very interesting experience, to put it mildly, four years working at the White House during the uh, you know, Clinton era, um, as well as some of the scandals that unfolded uh, during that period. Uh, and then in 2000, uh, to about 2005, I went to the Department of Energy, uh, where I was responsible for uh, the management of what we called the department's threat reduction programs. We worked uh, at that time, collaboratively uh, with Russia to secure the uh, fissile materials uh, that we were afraid would be uh, stolen or diverted uh, after the chaotic breakup of the Soviet Union. Uh, so I've had sort of a magical mystery tour of the uh, U.S. <laughs> government uh, on both the intelligence and policy sides. Uh, when I left government, you know, what I wanted to do, and, uh, you know, I think I've done it, hopefully somewhat well, uh, or tell some of the stories and some of the lessons learned from all those experiences. Uh, there are some books that are listed on Amazon, uh, you know, under my name, of course, and people can access them, and I hope they will. Uh, but uh, about two weeks ago, James, uh, you know, the most recent book in the, in the series, uh, you know, hit the streets, and it's on Amazon. It's called The Age of Hatred, ISIS, Iran, and the New Middle East. And uh, sadly, I guess, uh, or or maybe prophetically, uh, the book really goes into the kind of stories and issues and problems and sometimes opportunities uh, that we as a nation and as, you know, uh, the Europeans and actually our friends in the Middle East face when we look at this scourge of of terrorism. So, you know, again, sadly, uh, the, the book, I think, is timely, uh, and more than anything, 
I wanted to write this book so it would be accessible uh, to uh, you know the the average citizens that you know don't pay attention to this kind of uh, situation. You know the way that you know maybe some of the experts do. I wanted this to be um, a, a book that would guide and inform people. And, and my original intention in doing this uh, was to have it out, obviously before the election. Uh, I do. It's out. Um, but more than anything, I wanted, you know, to tell the story in a way that, you know, people could judge for themselves, you know, what the truth is for the situation in the Middle East, the way it's changing, why we should care about it, and sadly, again, the, you know, the events in Orlando over the weekend uh, proved that, you know, borders and oceans, you know, no longer protect us. We've got Dr. Jack Caravella joining us this week here on the world-famous Chiggy Jaguar radio program, talking about his latest book. We're going to we're going to go through all of his books. We've got the good doctor here for uh, most of the broadcast. The Age of Hatred, Islam, Iran, and the New Middle East. It's available in paperback. Dr. Jack Caravelli and your co-author, Jordan Forsey, uh, put, put this together. That This is an amazing, amazing book. Um, the Middle East it has always been uh, an unstable... Uh, area, I, I know that a lot of folks with with, with the recent, um, for instance, the the recent Orlando situation, um, the, the the deal last year in Florida, uh, the the Hassan uh, shooting on the military base a few years ago, a lot of folks are are trying to separate um, Islam, and they're trying to say now uh, it's it's more Middle Eastern Islam as compared to. Islam. They don't want to call it radical Islam. Uh, what, what, what do you make of this, I guess, changing the, the wording around and, and now calling it Middle Eastern Islam as opposed to just grouping everything together? Well, James, that, that, that just strikes me as more sort of um, political correctness. Look, Islam is Islam. It, it's, it's a global faith. You can find adherents of the Muslim faith in America, of course, of course, in the Middle East, Asia, Africa, you know, there, there is no Middle East Islam. Islam is Islam, and those who practice it, uh, you know, read from the same writings, whether they're in Indonesia or Indiana. Uh, you know, <laughs> yes. The Quran, of course. So, you know, that, that's all just political correctness. You know, what, what we need to distinguish, you know, are those, and again, it's, Millions and millions every day who get up, they, they, they abide by their faith, uh, they're peace-loving Muslims, they contribute to societies around the world, uh, and, but unfortunately uh, there are a small number of, again, uh, those who claim to be uh, practicers of uh, the Muslim faith who, you know, see it in a different light, uh, they undertake violence, and, you know, they, this small number... Uh, is the cause of so much uh, violence, and as I call it, the age of hatred, uh, that not only has sort of infected like a cancer the Middle East, but also, uh, and this is a big part of the book, it's infected America. Uh, We saw it this weekend. Uh, It's infected Europe. I mean, if you look at the uh, massive um, migration uh, into Europe from the Middle East uh, in the past year, hundreds of thousands who are uh, almost entirely undocumented, 
you know, we don't know where all this is going to go yet, uh, but until the West, the United States, the European democracies, face up to the seriousness of this, demand from their governments serious approaches that are comprehensive and thoughtful, we will have more uh, situations tragically like, like we had in Orlando. We've got Dr. Jack Caravelli joining us today here on our big program, talking a little bit about his great books and uh, spotlighting his his latest, which is The Age of Hatred, Islam, Iran, and the New Middle East. And Dr. Jack Caravelli with us today here on our program. Now, w- with this book, what do you want readers to take away from your writing? Well, I think there are a couple lessons. Number one, James, is you know what you've given me the opportunity to to express in that, number one, we are at war. It may not feel that way day in, day out when people go about their lives in America, but those who would do us harm, they believe they are at war with us. Until we take this seriously, we are going to have more problems, and that's number one. Number two, America has, under the Obama administration, uh, unfortunately developed terrible relations with our friends in the Middle East beginning with Israel, but not only the Israelis, but also the Saudis and the Egyptians. Barack Obama has done his yeoman best to prop up Iran, and I think that is a a tragic, tragic mistake. That's number two. Number three uh, is simply that what you and I knew, you know, as as we grew up, sort of as the Middle East, is changing rapidly before our eyes. Uh, again, Iran is in an ascendancy. Um, uh, Russia has uh, come back into the Middle East. What we used to call the borders of Syria and Iraq, they're, they're being erased by terrorists. So we are entering, uh, I would call it, a new Middle East era uh, that's going to look a lot different than it did even five or ten years ago. And again, until there is a leadership in Washington that thinks through the implications of this, you know, for our security, we don't do these things and engage, you know, just because we have friends or because we love doing good. We do these things because we believe fighting terrorism is in our interest. Supporting Israel is in our interest. Uh, and, and until we find an administration that is willing to stand up and make that case, to the American people and to the world, uh, again, we, we are going to find ourselves uh, in a very, very difficult position. Th- those are the reasons, the three or four reasons, James, I wanted to tell the book. And as I said, I wrote this to be a book accessible to our fellow citizens because, you know, come November, we're going to go into the ballot box. And, you know, I, I hope, uh, you know, we will all vote and we will vote as informed citizens. Because these, you know, these issues really do matter. We've got Dr. Jack Caravelli with us today. He joins us live here in our broadcast, talking about his latest book, The Age of Hatred, Islam, Iran, and the New Middle East. And he joins us live here on the telephone, talking a little bit about this book. And uh, it's available on Amazon. I know that you've been getting a lot of rave reviews, and uh, a lot of colleagues are giving you a lot of good reviews. Tell me about some of the different reviews you've got on the book so far. Well, you know, one of the most, uh, thank you for that, one of the most satisfying things is uh, to hear from the uniformed military, 
uh, and those who served in the military and have retired. I had some great emails from uh, people I know and respect, including a retired uh, two-star Army general, uh, you know, that really believed that, you know, not only did we, you know, did I try to tell the truth, you know, as I understood it, uh, you know, about the general uh, political situation, but, you know, tried to capture the reality of, of what it implies, yeah. you know, to really fight the good fight in the Middle East. Uh, you know, I am not saying that we should have 100,000 boots on the ground. We do not need to do that to defeat ISIS. What we need to do is really uh, focus, you know, some of our other military resources uh, more than this administration has, and I think it's gratifying, you know, to hear, you know, real experts, flag rank officers from the military that have fought these kinds of wars say, look, you know, you've probably got it about right. You know, there, there is no war that is easy or simple. There's no war that doesn't cost money and cost blood. That's tragic. This is a war we did not choose. This war chose us. But until we treat it as a war that requires, you know, our best thoughtful application of the great resources, you know, both people and equipment we have in the military, uh, then again, the longer we allow ISIS to survive, to flourish, to dig in, to plant roots in the region, James, the harder it's going to be to get them out. And I think the, the great thing about you know, the, the feedback I've gotten is people who are truly expert at this have said, that's correct, we need to really apply ourselves because the longer ISIS you know, is allowed to recruit, the longer it is allowed to spread its tentacles, it is now operating uh, in Libya, North Africa, again, the harder it will be to defeat, the harder it is to defeat, the more at risk we will be in this nation of those who will be self-radicalized, who will be radicalized through the Internet uh, that ISIS is very good at using. Uh, and those are the consequences of a policy applied by, you know, the current leadership in Washington that has treated this, uh, this combat, this conflict, uh, with kick gloves or with one hand tied behind the back. The frustration that I've heard from our military is astonishing. They salute, they are great people, dedicated like crazy to this nation. They are not being allowed to fight this fight in a way they know they can do, in a way that would make this nation proud and make it safer, and that is terribly disappointing. We've got Dr. Jack Caravelli with us today here in our program. He's got a fabulous new book out. This book is selling like hotcakes. It's available on Amazon. It's called The Age of Hatred, Islam, Iran, and the New Middle East. And uh, when you and your co-author sat down to put this book together, what was the collaboration like to, to bring this thing to life? Well, my, my co-author, Jordan, uh, is you know has a much different life than mine, and we like the differences. He and I became friends in 2014. He is a an on-air reporter, James, for uh, Sky Italia. Uh, he's based in Rome. He is both a U.S. and Italian citizen. Uh, he is fluent in English and Italian. And again, he does a lot of political reporting um, out of Rome on security issues for Sky Italia. 
the, the fun part of it, aside from the fact that he's really a, a first-rate journalist and a very good guy, is simply that you know, he has a different perspective. He has, again, the European perspective. And as we've seen in Brussels and in Paris, uh, Europe has had some savage and terrible attacks itself. So what we wanted to do was sit down. Uh, we did a book last year, as you know, uh, that was written in Italian. Uh, it's, uh, it's available in Europe uh, called The Black Caliphate. Uh, we wanted to take that book, uh, expand it and update it with an English version that sort of kept the importance of Europe in the story. But also, James, I wanted to take, and it's all my responsibility, I wanted to take the U.S. side again, expand it, update it, uh, and, and draw, the, draw the line between the United States, Europe, and the Middle East. And with Jordan's help, I hope we've done that pretty well. We've got Dr. Jack Caravelli joining us today, and Jack Caravelli is one of America's leading experts on nonproliferation and nuclear terrorism. He's a senior visiting fellow at the UK uh, Defense Academy and visiting professor at uh, Cranefield University, and uh, he was a deputy assistant secretary at the U.S. Department of Energy from 2000 to 2003. He served on the White House National Security Council, 96 through 2000, and uh, he was the president principal advisor for nonproliferation policies and programs involving Russia in the Middle East, and he has a brand new book out. It's called The Age of Hatred, Islam, Iran, and the New Middle East. He joins us today here on our big broadcast. And, um, Doctor, with, with this book, there is a lot of folks that are going to pick this book up. They're going to have varying opinions. Um, who's your target audience here? Uh, James, the target audience uh, certainly um, are, are the vast number of Americans, again, who lead lives that you know, every day don't intersect with these issues. I, I want it to be a, uh, a, a story told for the American public. But, you know, maybe more specifically, and perhaps this is because of my, uh, the, the talks I give around uh, America on college campuses, I, I, I am, you know, maybe because I'm in the latter part of my career, I, I am very concerned and interested in what you know, young America does and thinks uh, and, and looks at on these issues. Um, you know, and I think you and I had talked about this before. The, you know, whatever we are as a nation, uh, you know, we're almost 250 years old, you know, as a country. Uh, whatever we are, good and bad, I, I think you and I know that what we've achieved in the past generations None of this is self-sustaining. You know, every generation has to decide and pick up the baton, decide for itself what it wants America to be, what it's willing to do to make America great, to keep it great. Um, so I, I am very interested in, and hopeful that, you know, whatever people get out of the book, that, you know, at least some percentage of that will be, you know, our young citizens in their 20s, and 30s because, you know, these issues, the future, whatever we become as a nation across the board, it, it's going to be up to them to define. Again, none of this is self-sustaining. What we are today is going to look um, antiquated and out of date five or ten years from now, but whatever that future is, it's going to be shaped by those in their 20s, their 30s, 
40s. But they have an obligation, I believe, you know, not only to lead their lives, whatever their choices are, with careers and family, but to give back something to this nation. Uh, And when you look at those who, you know, volunteer and serve, you know, for example, either, you know, in federal government or in the U.S. military, you know, you see these incredibly good and dedicated and bright and caring Americans. And if my book helps even one or two more of them, you know, cross that threshold, I am very, very pleased by that outcome. We've got Dr. Jack Curavelli joining us today here on our radio program, talking about uh, his latest book. It is out everywhere. It is available on Amazon, The Age of Hatred, Islam, Iran, and the New Middle East. And uh, you also have written a lot of other great books. Let's spotlight some of them as we, uh, as we move forward here in our program. First of all, I want to talk about nuclear insecurity. Understanding the Threat from Rogue Nations and Terrorists. Tell us a little bit about this book. Yeah, well, thanks, James. It, um, uh, I drafted that and published it on 2007, shortly after I left uh, government service. Uh, it was endorsed by uh, Mrs. Margaret Thatcher, uh, which was an incredibly generous thing for her to do. Uh, as the title suggests, uh, it was uh, an early attempt to begin to focus on the terrorist threat as it applied uh, to nuclear and radioactive sources. Uh, You know, I was uh, uh, able to talk to some of the things I did in government not long before the book was published. Uh, I talked about Iran and uh, Iran's nuclear program, why I thought uh, that was a major threat. Uh, I think that proved to be an accurate assessment. Uh, And, you know, we received great feedback uh, you know, from readers and, uh, and from experts uh, on that. You know, one of the things that, you know, I've tried to do uh, in, in all the books was bring uh, the insider understanding, uh, you know, from my, my time in government uh, to these books. There are, you know, again, as, as you and I both know, you know, great academics who do some very thoughtful and useful work. Uh, I like and respect many of them. However, what I wanted to do and say uh, were the things that I personally saw and experienced as an insider and a privileged one. I mean, if you've had the opportunity to work at both the CIA and and the White House uh, in a career, you know, you are in a very small minority. So I wanted to bring these unique insights uh, into my books. And uh, the first one, as you mentioned, was nuclear insecurity. We've got the fabulous Dr. Jack Caravelli with us today. He joins us here in our broadcast, Nuclear Insecurity, Understanding the Threat from Rogue Nations and Terrorists. This book uh, was is amazing. You, you, you put a lot, of, uh, a lot of thought and a lot of energy into this. Uh, compare and contrast that to your latest book, The Age of Hatred, Islam, Iran, and the New Middle East, which is available on Amazon. Well, well, well James, I, I think... Uh, one of the contrasts is the most recent book was was easier and faster to write uh, for at least two reasons. Number one, uh, you know, it, that's my fourth book, and I think, and I, I suspect most of the authors you talk to would agree, uh, you know, you become more efficient. Uh, you know, you become sort of, uh, you know, every, every day when you write, you're, you're probably a little quicker. 
uh, you know, you know what you want to do, what you have to do, you know, to move the writing process along. But the second part of the recent book is, and why it was faster, in, in the sense, James, it, you know, the events helped write the book. When, again, looking at the, you know, the tragedies, the terrorist attacks, you know, in Europe, in Paris twice, uh, and in Brussels, uh, and then, again, in our country, San Bernardino, and now Orlando, those kind of events kind of propelled the book forward. Uh, you know, they provided insights not only into the way I think that the terrorists were operating, uh, being allowed, if you will, to operate not only in the Middle East, but to carry out these heinous attacks on our soil and in Europe, but also, you know, you get to see the, the reasons behind the events. Uh, you know, I looked very carefully at why terrorists could carry out attacks like this, you know, in Paris, uh, in Brussels, uh, in, you know, the book, you know, that was just published really tries to, if you will, get behind the scenes. Uh, so I, I think in many ways, uh, the most recent book, you know, wrote itself uh, in some important ways because of the events uh, that have occurred. Uh, sadly, uh, they are tragic. Many innocent lives lost. But if there's any value in these tragedies, it should be that we learn lessons to make us better prepared uh, to deal with the future. And if I've captured some of that, then I'm, I'm pleased by this book. We've got Dr. Jack Caravelli joining us this week here on Lineup Media to talk about uh, his great books. Uh, his latest is called The Age of Hatred, Islam, Iran, and the New Middle East. Uh, one, of, one of his great books also is Nuclear Insecurity, Understanding the Threat from Rogue Nations and Terrorists. That was released in 2007. Another book I want to talk about is Beyond Sand and Oil. Uh, this, this was a big deal for you, my friend. Beyond Sand and Oil, the Nuclear Middle East. I know a lot of folks uh, love the heck out of this book and every time we have you on I get emails and all sorts of things from folks that say that they've, they've discovered this book on Amazon or they've read the book um, you released this I believe in 2011 tell me a little bit about the book and why people should uh, be, be looking at that and why it's kind of a companion to uh, some of your other books well it, it is a companion James and it, it was a 2011 release date what I tried to do there and again, I, I think every book that at least nonfiction authors produce really has its own story and its own focus. In, in this case, uh, I spent a lot of time, as you know, while looking at Iran. Uh, I, I try not to be overly technical on these issues. You know, I, you know, I, I love the politics, the geopolitics, uh, and the strategic elements of countries like Iran and. Uh, as well as its interaction with uh, the United States and, uh, and Israel. So I, I wanted this book to be sort of a, a broad look, not only uh, at Iran, but one of the things I tried to do in the second half of the book was really uh, look down the road, look, uh, look over the next hill and try to raise some issues about what, the, what I call the nuclear Middle East you know, might look like. And in this case, uh, it's beginning to come true. We talked about, you know, I talked about in the book, um, <clears throat> for example, uh, the nuclear world that uh, 
the uh, Emirates uh, in Abu Dhabi are embracing. They are about to become uh, a commercial nuclear power uh, nation next year. Uh, they will add, after their first nuclear power plant, uh, three more nuclear power plants in subsequent years. Uh, this is the tip of an iceberg. The Middle East, among many ways, is going to transform uh, itself from a oil-based economy, uh, which we know and understand for, for decades, to one where nuclear power becomes much more important in the region. Saudis may adopt nuclear, the Egyptians, the Jordanians, on top of uh, th those in Abu Dhabi. Now, you know, you know, what does this mean? What it means in part is there will be a proliferation worry. Um, every nation knows that when it embraces commercial nuclear power, which is perfectly legitimate for producing electricity, we do a lot of it here, the French even do much more, that's all legitimate. However, much of the technology, much of the know-how in producing commercial nuclear power, James, also can be used to produce nuclear weapons. Now, I'm not saying that that will happen, uh, but I think we are, again, about to enter a new era where uh, nations are going to have some, uh, if you will, options available to them that we need to look at very, very carefully in the years ahead. So the, the book in 2011 was really an attempt to say, look, we've got an understanding of the world today, but nations in the region have their own thoughts, their own plans, and if they carry them out, it's going to look different, and that those differences we need to pay attention to. We've got Dr. Jack Caravelli with us today here on our big program talking about his latest book and some of his other books. Um, we're speaking uh, right now about Beyond Sand and Oil, the Nuclear Middle East. It was uh, released in 2011. It is a companion book to his other books, including his latest, The Age of Hatred. Um, there's a lot of folks when it comes to nuclear weapons that they have, they have often said, and even with nuclear technology, Folks have often said, Doctor, um, if everybody had uh, nuclear weapons and everybody had nuclear capabilities and the ability to manufacture energy and do all this, and if everybody had it all, we'd be on the same playing field and no one would want to use it. And then there's folks that have said, well, if everybody had it, you would either sell it to a terrorist or they would start playing war games with each other, like, for instance, uh, uh, North Korea and South Korea, if they both had nuclear weapons, they'd fire them at each other. Uh, wh where do you come down on all this, uh, on, on this thinking of, well, if everybody had it, you know, things would be a lot different? Well, James, the, the way you've outlined it, and you've done it very well, um, is, is sort of an academic debate that goes back decades. Uh, my belief uh, is that anyone who thinks that the widespread proliferation, if you will, of nuclear capabilities, nuclear weapons capabilities, that that would lead to a stable world probably is using a, a, a banned substance of some sort. <laughs> uh, yes. You know, that, that's an academic argument that I think is offered by many academics, most of whom have never you know, worked in the real world 
where they had to deal with situations that you just mentioned, uh, like a very unstable uh, North Korea that does, that does possess nuclear weapons, like an Iran uh, that certainly sought nuclear weapons, like a resurgent Russia uh, that is more bellicose under Putin than it has been in decades. You know, my view, having served in both the intelligence and policy parts of our government and been around sort of the nuclear issues for decades, is simply that when you look at those kind of nations, the unpredictability of them, and that's only a small number, um, if you multiply that by 5, 10, 20 nations that also could be unpredictable, would lead to a very, very dangerous world. Now, we learned, you know, going back to 1962 and the Cuban Missile Crisis that, you know, that a nuclear crisis, and we came very close to the brink of war then, uh, you know, certainly uh, is a possibility. I think we, we learned a little bit of that, and some of those lessons are reflected now in the Non-Proliferation Treaty by which nations sign up, uh, aside from the first five, who are nuclear weapon states, every other nation, James, that signs on to that treaty, which went into effect in 1970, those nations all claim and, and attest that they will remain non-nuclear weapon states, but have access to the peaceful uses of nuclear technology. That was the trade-off. So, you know, you've asked a, a, a terribly profound question, uh, but it's one where I think the uh, the, the preponderance of evidence suggests that a world that tries at least to contain the spread of nuclear weapons but, but controls the spread of nuclear commercial technology is probably as good as we can do in the first part of the 20th century, 21st century rather. Dr. Jack Caravelli with us today. He joins us live. His latest is The Age of Hatred. Islam, Iran, and the New Middle East. Uh, he's he's written two two fantastic, fantastic other books: Nuclear Insecurity, Understanding the Threat from Rogue Nations and Terrorists, Beyond Sand and Oil, the Nuclear Middle East, which was released in 2011. And uh, every time we have you on, and I and I I never get a chance to to ask you about this, but. Every time we have you on, there, there's all sorts of folks that'll mention that I'll mention the different books. And someone brought up to me the other day that uh, they seen a book on Amazon that was called Strategizing Resilience and Reducing Vulnerability, Defense, Security, and Strategy. And they said that it was written by Peter, R.J. Trim, and Jack Caravelli, and they wanted to know if it was the same Dr. Jack Caravelli. So I, <laughs> I'm wanting to see if this is you or if there's somebody else named Jack Caravelli who's out writing these books. Uh, James, uh, thank you for that. Uh the best of my knowledge, I'm the only Jack Caravelli. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I am the co-author. Uh, Peter Trim, who's a very good friend of mine and a, a, a London-based professor, uh, we did this as sort of a, a co-editing effort. Uh, there were other people that contributed chapters to this book. Uh, it was not a bestseller, but the, the interesting part of it and why I did it with Peter, and he deserves a lot of credit for the idea, was simply that, you know, Leaving aside even the nuclear issues we've talked about and terrorism, uh, you know, we are nations 
the UK, the US, that, um, you know, we are so busy. We move at such a fast pace. Um, things like um, uh, the vulnerability to cyber attacks, uh, the, you know, the world around us in terms of resources, climate change. You know, we are nations that are, are vulnerable. And one of the things I like about the Brits, among many others, uh, is simply that uh, thoughtful leaders uh, like Peter as an academic, uh, Liam Fox as a politician, he's a member of parliament, uh, simply are that, um, you know, they, they embrace the concept of resilience, that, you know, in, in the real world, you know, things often screw up, go bad, get wrong, become a mess. But the best of us, the best nations, you know, have a, a, a mental toughness and strength that I think the Brits have, uh, that I'll call resilience, uh, that I think is admirable. And what Peter and I tried to do in that book was tell the story of, you know, how do individuals, how do nations uh, actually uh, you know, acquire and develop resilience. Because, you know, anyone that, you know, thinks the world's going to operate perfectly on any given day, week, month, or year, you know, again, is living in a fantasy world that I've never seen. Uh, but, you know, again, in the real world, uh, you know, tough nations, tough individuals, uh, which I, I think and hope we are, uh, you know, watching America, um, you know, understand this, they prepare for it, corporations do, individuals do in their lives. And, you know, I, I actually had fun doing this with Peter. Um, and, you know, I hope that, you know, people will, you know, take the time, you know, given the environment we're in, to really think about what does it mean as individuals, as corporations, as governments, you know, to be resilient. That's the story we tried to tell. We've got Dr. Jack Caravelli with us today here on Lineup Media to talk about uh, his great books. He has released uh, a slew of them, and they all uh, focus on some sort of uh, nuclear proliferation or uh, the Middle East in general. Uh, his latest, The Age of Hatred, Islam, Iran, and the New Middle East, it's available on Amazon right now. And, Doctor, as we wrap up here with you, my friend, uh, what's next for you as an author? Uh, maybe something on baseball. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not so sure, James. Uh, you know, writing books, as I'm sure your many other guests have told you, uh, I mean, it's it's an emotional effort. Uh, these issues for me are are again emotionally difficult. Uh, you know, because like so many of our citizens, I care a great deal about what I write. So writing these takes emotional energy, physical energy, and for the next few months, uh, to be perfectly candid, uh, you know, I want to talk about this book. Uh, I think in the fall, I'll, I'll look about, I'll look into the future. Uh, but for now, uh, I'm going to just try to tell this story. Your generosity of your time and those of your audience is enormously appreciated. You know, I, I think the book has lessons and values uh, given what we've seen in the past couple of years in our country and other parts of the world. Uh, so right now I'm going to sit back, try to enjoy some summer weather, uh, tell the story, and you know, hope we find the political solutions to 
you know, keep our nation safe and move forward. We've got Dr. Jack Caravelli with us today. He joins us live here in our program. And uh, you, you've, you've accomplished a heck of a lot in your, in your short time of, of writing books and putting things together. Um, what, what, what do you think is the biggest thing that we need to uh, be aware of when it comes to the Middle East? Well, I, th- I think, James, you just used the phrase, you know, be aware. Um, as I said earlier, oceans and borders do, do not protect us in the 21st century. Um, you know, what happens over there matters here in, in many different ways. I really hope that, you know, the, you know, the general public will, you know, consider this book as a way to get involved because, you know, again, I'm, I'm old school. I like the idea that, you know, when we vote for our next president, which we're going to do soon, that we're well informed, that we think about this. Uh, and if I can bring insight and information to that process as we try to figure out whether it should be, you know, Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton, then I, I hope I've done a service. You've done a service by giving me a chance to talk about it. Well, Dr. Jack Caravelli with us today here on our program. And, uh, Doctor, as, as we go, um, if people want to buy your books, they just go to Amazon. And uh, is there any way that, that folks can contact you on, online or, or send you a message? Or can they do that through the, uh, through the Amazon uh, books as well? I, I don't know if they can do it through Amazon. Uh, you know, I live in northern Virginia. Uh, I'm accessible through phone calls. But, James, uh, you know, a- anyone that reaches out to you, uh, you know, if you pass it along, I will immediately, uh, you know, return the, the courtesy of, contacting them and uh you know that would be helpful well good stuff well thank you doctor and uh we'll talk to you soon have yourself a a wonderful day my friend thanks for coming on james it's been a great pleasure and thank you for your time definitely thank you doctor dr jack caravelli with us today we're going to take a time out and come back with more here on our big program bit.ly slash hey guys it is ryan i'm not sure if you know this about me but i'm a bit of a fun fanatic when i can i like to work but i like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.